If you think it's time for a change in your community, but more importantly, you want to be the change, an online master in public administration degree from Claremont Lincoln University could be the start. The CLUMPA program has an advisory council of frontline leaders, mayors, school board members, city council members, a state senator, and even a state treasurer, all looking for the next generation of changemakers. In other words, who's next? The real world is calling. A CLUMPA is part of the answer. Find out more at claremontlincoln.edu slash MPA. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Ed Up Experience podcast, where we make education your business. This is Dr. Joe Salustio here with you again and again to talk about all of the themes, issues, and innovations throughout higher education and beyond. I have a great guest with me today, and I'm going to bring him in in a second, but not quite yet. I'm going to have a conversation with myself. I told him before the episode, I'm getting really, really good at having these individual conversations with myself. Can you imagine that I practice them across my house? Like, what am I going to talk to myself about today before my guest comes on? Um, what I am going to remind you of, a couple of things uh, to our amazing audience, is to head to www.edupexperience.com and sign up for our mailing list, our email list, please. Um, what that's going to do for you is, first of all, let you know of all the episode releases when they happen. Number two, you're going to get updates on our EdUp book that we are writing right now that's going to synthesize all of the episodes that we've done over the last two years, 300 plus episodes. We're going to put together those themes uh, for, kind of framed around 100 in college and university presidents and, and their pain points and their successes. I think it'll be something that everybody in higher ed will want to read. If you want to be part of that process, maybe help us choose the title, the book title, the the uh, which picture you like, all that kind of stuff, sign up uh, for our email list and check it out. Uh, we've got about 700 people on the email list, all higher ed professionals. It's pretty awesome. Anyway, see, I'm pretty good at that. I will tell you also that my guest today is going to drop absolute gems of knowledge that you'll want to pick up and take back with you. No pressure to my guest today. His name is Chris Lucier, and he's Director of Partner Relations at Athot. Oh, that's the wrong button. See, Chris? I hit the hey. laugh track button. And I, I went to have the clap button. Hey, Joe, you know, I, I would have expected a much longer, probably a standing ovation, but uh, I, it's okay. I'll warm up the crowd a little bit. I'll get them going, I think. And uh, well, by the end, uh, I think you better plan for it to end this with a five-minute uh, standing ovation. Just oh, I, I'm, I'm going to warm that button up. I, it tells okay. you um, it tells you how excited I am to, to hit these buttons, that, uh, that uh, when I meant to hit the clap track, I hit the laughter, which, of course, <laughs> you are no laughing matter, my friend, uh, my good sir. You've got lots going on. And, uh, you know, I go to your website, uh, I thought, I'm saying it right, right? I thought. Oh, thought. Oh, thought. I'm sorry. Uh, it stands for original thought because uh, thought. We're trying okay. to bring advanced analytics to higher education. And uh, I, I, I would have to say, sadly, uh, given the fact that commercially advanced analytics just are totally surrounding us, um, higher education is still coming slowly to advanced mm -hmm. analytics. And uh, something I think they're going to have to all embrace and change here over this next decade. All right. So that, that, okay, let's start there. Oh, thought, right. And I'm going to get it yeah. right now. It's like, you know, Chris, when I ask people how to say their last name before the episode begins, and then as soon as I get into my intro, I absolutely 
destroy their last name. It doesn't matter what it what it is. It just matters that I can't get it right. That's that's usually how it works. Just so you know, um, O thought um, uh, really interested in what you guys are doing because, uh, like you said, advanced analytics. But define that for me. Okay, I'm sitting yeah. here. I'm listening to this. I I have analytics. What is advanced analytics, and and what is it that you're talking about? If I'm sitting back and I'm not sure. What yeah, you mean. absolutely. You know, the the easiest way to kind of uh, think about this is um, a company actually called. I don't know if they're a company or a higher education or actually a information technology advising type of company called Gartner, G-A-R-T-N-E-R. They do a lot in the space of information technology across the uh, spectrum of that, which is a broad spectrum, as you know, uh, kind of breaks the analytics down into four pieces. Uh, the first one is uh, descriptive analytics, uh, kind of the uh, what has happened, uh, and you can look back, uh, a, a branch of that is, uh, of descriptive is why did it happen? So you kind of start with these, these analytics to say, okay, I can look back, I can look at my data, I can look at the analysis, and I can understand something has happened, and I might even understand why it has happened. But that takes you to a limit. What predictive and really advanced analytics are broken into two areas, both predictive and prescriptive. So predictive analytics can look at this wealth of data that you have and tell you what is likely to happen. So that instead of waiting for something to happen and say, yup, that's what happened, or I was wondering if that was happening, you now can get an idea of, oh yeah, it's happening which is great, but the other piece of advanced analytics is prescriptive analytics, which is what can I do to affect that outcome? Just like you know, going to a doctor and giving them symptoms and they say, well, here's a prescription for you. And I think this is gonna help you, uh, you, know, solve, you know, cure your problem or at least address what your, your pains or whatever the issue is. Likewise with advanced analytics, you have the predictive, something's going to happen. And, and, and now, how do I affect that outcome? And that's an area that surrounds us. I mean, this is what you get marketed to every day, you know, open up anything, you know, whether it be social media and email, whatever you have, you're seeing predictive analytics at work by some corporate entity uh, trying to sell you something. It's, it's right. It's, and we see it all the time with banner advertisements and social media. Right. I looked up a uh, beanbag for my kids. I don't know how many days ago. And then today <laughs> I'm, I literally can't find anything else other right. than beanbag ads from, from all course. across the, right. the web. Right. And I'm like, right. maybe I should buy one and predicting my buying habits. I think for students yep. at any point in the life cycle, and let's break it down. Then enrollment. Yeah. Yeah. If we, if we break it down enrollment attendance at some level mm -hmm. and, and retention, yep a graduation and, and yep. as a part of uh, becoming an alumni, there's donation and yep. uh, donations, every part of that life cycle, a, a, a holy grail for administrators in higher education is be, to be able to predict in, in a fairly certain way, what an outcome might be right. by cutting down whatever the process is and saying, okay, a student from this background in, in between these ages from this economic status is has a 
X percent likelihood to succeed. So maybe I want them here at my campus. Maybe I want to put wraparound services around them because the likelihood is lower and so on. And so anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm talking uh, at it from that administrator level, like that's the holy grail. Is that what you're offering to me? Is Am I taking by contracting with OTHOD, I, I am putting my student data in some engine that's going to spit out, for lack of a, that, that's a technical term, by the way, um, yeah, spit out I, I, the, uh, the, the results that I need to look at? You're, you are spot on, Joe. So OTHOT's vision is to actually connect all of those, that life cycle that you were talking about, that first contact with, an in, with, a, uh, with a student that you make through uh, student search, or they've, they've identified themselves by coming to your campus, or even a, they've engaged your website, and you know that, but you get ping data off of some campaign that you're running so you understand that student's interest all the way through the application to the awarding of financial aid or doing other things to get that student to yield, to compel them to matriculate. And then student success, the second piece of that key piece to lead them to, to graduation. And then the third node is postgraduate uh, outcomes with by managing debt and hopefully helping them graduate with minimal debt. And ultimately, again, that development, that fundraising of a of a happy alum, uh, you know, an alum who looks back on their undergraduate experience and understand that. And that's what we're offering. What we have right now is we really have a robust product helping schools at that front end, the admissions, the financial aid, and also the student success. And we're currently rolling out the piece around development and fundraising with a couple schools right now. But the idea is to use that type of behavioral data. You know, I'm astounded because, you know, I came into this business 20 years ago after 21 years in the Army. And, you know, I find we always are running about 10 to 15, 20 years behind the corporate sector. That was has been my observation. And again, we're we're waiting for this. And we have this all these data, more and more schools have implemented customer relationship management software. And we're getting all these data about students, student behavior that would help us make good decisions to help support the student get become enrolled and help the student be successful. Yet we're utilizing maybe 10 to 15% of it. And we're letting the rest of it just lie there and fallow. And uh, it's just a shame because there's going to be a lot of schools that are going to face this net this next decade and into the uh, the 30s uh, with a declining demographic that are just not going to be able to do it if they don't embrace this these advanced uh, analytic principles. Okay, so let's go go to your website again. Uh, yeah, othought.com, right splashed on the main page right here. <laughs> it's there's a uh, download. You have the option to download a report, and the title yep. of the report is "Future Proofing Institutions Against the Demographic Demographic Cliff." that we know is coming in 2025, 2026. Why do you have less college-aged uh, people within the high school uh, system? There just weren't as many people having kids for a generation, and, and there's just going to be less people in the system, uh, in the educational system, without going deeply into the report. Yeah. Is, what is the solution? Or, or, or give us a couple of things that come out of the report that would be important for us to know um, that OTHOD is, is saying. Absolutely. First, I, I want to get to that. But first, I want to just say what 
what we are doing is trying to provide, to provide a much more refined picture to institutions. We, we, we actually will do institutional level analysis, and, and I've done probably about 40 of these that will dig down for an institution because this, you know, I have been in the, I was in the Northeast as a vice president for enrollment management at the University of Vermont from 07 to 14. Uh, and then from 14 to 19, I was a vice president for enrollment management at the University of Delaware. So this demographic change, this demographic decline is not my first rodeo. This one will have national implications, but the first one that occurred between 07 and 15 hit the Northeast uh, the industrial Midwest with a demographic decline. And so I've already faced these type of things. But at that time, when I was at an institution, I looked at the national data, data from uh, Wichy, uh, most recently read uh, Dr. Nathan Graw's books. Uh, he's done two of them about the impact of these just declining demographic and really a changing demographic in terms of race and ethnicity and its impact on higher education. But I always said, well, what does it mean for my institution? I understand nationally this is happening. I may understand regionally this is happening. I may even understand within my state maybe what's happening. But what's gonna happen given where my market is, my admissions, my recruitment market is right now? How will it be impacted by these demographic declines? And so what we've been trying to do is really give schools a much more refined uh, picture. Now, the big, your focus was, right, that's nice. Okay, I got it. I read the report. I read Nathan Graw's uh, books. I've read Witchy. Uh, I go to sleep crying every night. But now what can I do about it, right? The first- The, the, the heart's beating like this every night. Yeah, you go to bed. exactly. Right. Is that- it, First thing is we have to become much more efficient and surgical in our use of the resources we have. We have to optimize these resources. And so, Joe, you know, student search, you know, the aspect of buying search names, buying 300 search names and sending out emails. It used to be publications. Just imagine doing that now with the costs, et cetera. But still schools are sending out publications and prospective students still like to get publications. So you're still doing all of these things to try to reach students and introduce your institution to them. And you're sending out tons and tons and tons of emails and you know publications, whatever it is. You're doing all of these programs but guess what? You're not the only one who's doing it, right? Uh, everyone else is doing it. And, you know, the average college senior is going to get 100 to 200 pieces of mail, uh, even if they're not a five-star athlete to, you know, to go to colleges now. But how do you optimize those resources? So instead of sending all of those, that focal point, publications, uh, making phone calls, inviting students to your campus for programs, just on any student, why don't you use data to help you understand which students have the highest likelihood of applying and ultimately enrolling at your institution? So we're throwing money all over the place. We're just spreading seeds across a giant field with no idea if we're going to get a student that, that seed is going to germinate. Why don't we just focus on two to three rows of seeds that we know that will germinate because they're going to love our soil, our sun condition, 
our fertilizer, they're gonna grow at our institution. Likewise, with financial aid, we just throw money out there based off of uh, EFC, expected family contribution in a test score. But within these cells of students that fall into that type of breakout, there are students who again, have a high likelihood of enrolling and some with a less likelihood. Why don't we use our financial aid to target those students that have the highest likelihood of not only enrolling, we actually can help schools predict that student who's most likely to retain. So we're making a much better use of our resources. And if schools do not start being much more surgical in their attempts, they're just gonna be throwing money at a smaller pool of students. And uh, the reality is the, the big boys and girls of higher education, those, those top 50 national schools with reputations are just gonna sit there and if they wanna increase enrollment, they'll increase enrollment. We're seeing it this year if you pay attention to LinkedIn or anything else. I mean, big schools can do whatever we want and everyone else is gonna be searching for that smaller population. And we've gotta be much more surgical in those attempts. You know, and you go back, it's, it's, you're right on, right? You go back before coronavirus and there was still this thing called the demographic cliff. And I know schools and, and contacts I had that would go, yeah, but we, we've got online, you know, we're going to be fine. Uh, you know, there's these traditional schools that have online. So when it comes yeah. down to it, we're, yeah. and then, okay, now everybody has online and the student has, you know, uh, their choices have uh, unfolded 10 times what they were before. Everybody's doubling down on their digital advertising and digital marketing. Yep. The noise for a student is incredible. How do you break through the noise? And, and that's what you're talking about. But I want to, before I, I bring, ask you another question, I want to step yeah. away from higher ed to step back in. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, this uh, guy right here, Christopher Lucier, was a uh, U.S. Army retired lieutenant colonel who's in the Army for 21 years, sir. Thank you for your service. Uh, you get an official uh, applause for that. Thanks. Oh, it was really, it, it truly is an honor. And I, it's, I'm not trying to be trite uh, to say that uh, I had an opportunity to serve my nation. If you walk by a homeless person and say, somebody should do something, you're right. If you say, I should do something, we should talk. We're Claremont Lincoln University, and we're offering a dynamic new online master in public administration program that is designed to empower the next generation of changemakers. People like you. CLU is online by design, with faculty that are scholar practitioners who are on the front lines. This isn't theory. This is reality. So if you're ready for a new MPA program that makes everything else seem old school, go to claremontlincoln.edu today, because it's time for a change. Find out more at claremontlincoln.edu slash MPA. And we are honored that you uh, that you did that. Um, so I, I'm a very huge supporter of the U.S. military. So appreciate your uh, thank you. your, your service. And then uh, you know I want to I want to ask you the question um, that this is called the keep you on your toes part of the Edip Experience podcast. Okay, I'm ready. You should be able to answer this. I mean, with all the uh, the the training that you've had, you should be on the spot with this question, right? Okay. This is to find out a little bit more about you. Uh, 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 Christopher, you are walking into a room and uh, there is a uh, uh, piece of music playing on the loudspeaker. Your intro music as you walk in to talk with uh, this, uh, this team of people, whatever it is. What song's playing over the loudspeaker? 
Oh man, you, you did you you did blindside me on this, Joe. Mm-hmm. Audience, Joe, Joe didn't set me up. Uh, I never ahead, tell anybody I'm gonna ask that one ahead of time for this. Um, what comes to mind? Geez, uh, you know. Oh, wait, 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 I got this for you. Ready, ready. Yeah. <laughs> You're not helping me, Joe. <laughs> Uh, All right, you can uh, you can hold it to the end. You want to hold it to the end? And then we'll yeah, okay. Give give me a second second to uh, to think about this. You know, I, I was just as I pulled into my driveway before uh, before queuing into this. You know, I was listening to the Rolling Stones, and you know, there we go. I've just got Rolling Stones music in my mind. You know, so. started up. We can go with something yeah, exactly. Like Maybe yeah. it started up. There you go. Maybe that one. But I'll go I ahead. Like it. Well, uh, you know, and so. Yeah, no, as we is, uh, it's just, it's fun to find out about people and, and what they like and what they listen to. And, and, and you know, because we have work in a very small, uh, contained as, as big as higher ed is, it's, it's very small. I mean, you, cr- you cross people, we, you know, uh, I came, uh, I met with somebody yesterday who's in higher ed that I hadn't seen 15 years. And then we're like, oh, yeah, you work in higher ed. It just happens that we cross the same circle, so to speak. D- tell me about those circles you're working in. Do schools, colleges, universities, you define the size, you define the conversations that you're having. Do they understand the critical nature of planning for this enrollment cliff that is coming? Or has coronavirus, uh, I don't know, um, created diversionary uh, consequences where we've lost sight of it because of what's immediately in front of us that no one's paying attention to it right now? Um, yes and yes, Joe, you, you really hit it exactly. So I, cause I was thinking about this actually in, in preparing for our conversation, our discussion today, you know, prior to COVID, I would say I was, my observation, my experience, my talking to colleagues. And again, this kind of dates back to the first demographic decline that affected a uh, portion of our nation in the Northeast and industrial Midwest and the 07 to 15 fine, is that college presence, college leaderships, and the data is overwhelming. I mean, it's obvious, right? Would sit there and say, well, yeah, but that's not going to affect us. And I will tell you that boards of trustees are even worse. Well, that's not going to affect us. We're in the middle of a comprehensive fundraising campaign, and we're going to build some new residence halls, we're going to build some new academic buildings that are going to be state-of-the-art academic buildings. And that is going to continue to just attract students, hand over fist, et cetera. If the demographic decline, this is kind of pre-COVID again. And if, if it is starts to affect us, don't worry. We're going to go recruit international students. We'll just go to China and we're going to say, hey, our institution is open for business, coming and study in the United States. Now COVID is hit. At a tactical level, I do believe that institutions are just totally overwhelmed. My colleagues in enrollment management, admissions, financial aid, student success right now, and, and I'm sure it's the leadership across the institution, are totally consumed with reacting to COVID. And uh, tired. Yeah, mask mandates, it's, you know, uh, the the newest uh, version of of COVID, etc. They're all trying to figure this out. And so I do think the demographic 
is on the back background, but I still think no one was really paying attention before COVID and now it's more acute because to grow a new recruitment market, if you say, okay, I've identified a new market, I've used OThought's advanced analytics and I found out that there is a group in this geographic area that I can attract students with and here's my prescription. This is what I need to attract those students with. That process still takes three to four years to ever develop any real flow of inst- uh, students. Or the- a lot, a lot, a lot of money, if you want to get yeah, there. Fast. A lot of money, money universities don't have. Right. And international is never, I don't believe, ever going to return to what it was in the 16, 18 timeframe where we were getting record numbers. I mean, setting new records every year. Uh, as you know from the Open Doors report, those days aren't coming back. No matter if COVID goes away or not, which it isn't, uh, those days aren't going to come back. So I don't believe it's really being understood. And, and again, why I think a lot of schools are not really understanding, hey, I have to be proactive. I have to get an analytics. So using an, an arm my army experience. The idea is we used to talk about to get into the enemy's decision cycle, make decisions before the enemy so that they're reacting and you're, you're, you're kind of controlling the situation. I mean, you can think about football now, you can think about any type of athletic type of metaphor to say, that's what you're always trying to do, put them on your, their heels. Well, right now, advanced analytics let schools that are smaller, maybe not so national, regional institutions, you now can make decisions faster than everyone else. You can make decisions this week and take action, prescriptive action to affect enrollment this week while everyone's gonna wait two to three weeks to to make the enrollment. And schools are gonna have to embrace that. And the the ones that embrace it early are gonna be not just survive the next 10, 20 years, but they're they're gonna thrive. But the rest of them are gonna fall by the waist. Whenever you have some, whenever you have something like this coming up, too, there are groups of very innovative colleges and universities, and then there are others that kind of just roll along and then respond in kind when the the I don't know when the alarm goes off. The alarm's been buzzing on this for years, yes, right? Yes. The alarm's been buzzing on this for years, um, and and there just hasn't been, and there's been talk about it, but there hasn't been a lot of worry. Um, right. You know, five years in higher end. <laughs> In higher ed terms is not a long time, but Nothing. you know uh, it, it has the pandemic has really taken that five years and it's chunked out half fifty percent of it. So we're going to mm-hmm. be looking, we're going to be waking up when this pandemic just I, I would say it settles down because it really hasn't yet. It's more like morphed, right. but when it actually does settle down, let's say in the next year, we're going okay. Wait a second, I've got literally one year to figure this out because my my enrollment cycles. I always say for my career in enrollment management. Anything you do is it a factor of two. You do it today, you get the result two days later. You spend a yes. month doing something, it's two, you know, you get the result, you know, two months after that. You spend six months doing something, 18 months, you know, it, it pays off uh, later. Uh, it's never as immediate as you want it to be. And, and right. so the, the eyes are going to get really wide at the end. How are you guys at OTHOC getting in front of people to message them about what your product can do? And uh, what do we need to know about the company that uh, that's going to yeah. help people walk away from this and go, yeah, I'm going right to that website. Yeah, there's a couple things. First of all, the future proofing, 
uh, against the demographic cliff. I really uh, encourage uh, your your uh, viewer, your your uh, listeners. Uh, we got listeners to to go to othought.com, download that. Uh, if they contact me specifically, and my email is c h l u c i e r c h lucier at othought.com, and say, "Hey, Chris, can you run a specific analysis for my school?" and then talk to me and my my cabinet, my president, my board of trustees. I've I've done presentations to all of them. We can really take it down to market level. Uh, visibility, but then also talk about what they need to do. And, and I do believe, you know, as I, I left higher education because of, uh, uh, I had to retire because of a health condition of my wife at the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was good timing. It was May of 19, you know, great timing to get out, right? But anyway, uh, I went with this company because I had used them uh, to great success at the University of Delaware. It's something that I believe that we all had to move to. So I can talk their language and I can talk to them about what they need to do. And again, advanced analytics are going to be part of the solution for them. And I firmly believe that. The second thing is that, and again, it's the predictive, what's going to happen, but what's powerful that where no one else is doing in the marketplace is the prescriptive analytics. How do I change that outcome? Because one thing it's to know that, hey, I'm going to, I'm heading into, I'm crashing into a wall, but it's like, how do I avoid the wall or at least mitigate the impact of the crash? And we provide that type of information, those insights to our institutions. Uh, the second thing is that recently OThought has been acquired by Liaison International, which is a major provider of services to higher education technology uh, including the largest provider of application services, especially for professional and graduate schools. And like a good fit. Enables us so now to marriage several enable things to do together. So we're, we're unveiling a, pro, a process called total enrollment or a program called total enrollment that will help schools from that search process. How do you develop your prospects? How do you help uh, them get them to apply how do you manage the application process how do you manage financial aid and then how do you manage student success and an integration of OThought's advanced analytics with with uh you know tar uh, liaisons target x crm uh or their enrollment uh marketing solutions which helps with search so this this will now when i talked about being efficient being surgical being effective with your uh, and optimize your resources. I really believe this is what's going to help schools do that, uh, be much more targeted. And this is what they're going to need. And again, being able to make decisions before the other guy or gals. Let me add one thing on your behalf that that's important for, for colleges and universities in general. If you're going through any level of accreditation, reaccreditation, accreditation visits, whatever you have a letter of concern or a warning from your accreditor because of, uh, of any type of uh, academic or operational uh, inefficiencies, the, the ability to provide an, an incredible data infrastructure helps immensely in the accreditation process. Accreditors want to know that colleges and universities are at the front end of finding out what's going on with students, what's going to happen with students. How are you ensuring quality control uh, for those students in every area as they progress through the system. So that's a huge benefit of advanced analytics is, is to say, hey, look, we know what's going on. 
we're on top of it when it is happening. And here's what we think, here's what we think is going to happen. It's, it's, a, it's a critical component uh, and benefit of, of a program like you have. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, student success is a passion of mine. And, and I used to say at the University of Delaware, what we want to do is be able to identify a student who needs help what they need and have the intervention and apply the intervention before they ever even knew they needed the help. That's when you know that you've got your system working and that's what advanced analytics with predictive, but then prescriptive analytics, okay? The predictive analytics say this student is, is in trouble or going to be in trouble. They're heading to trouble. But prescriptive analytics say, what are the one, two, three things that you can do right now that will help mitigate that student's uh, potential that they're not going to be able to retain or persist to graduation. And, and again, that's the whole process we go through is we, we admit students, we enroll students for them to be successful. And that's another area I will tell you that I feel uh, higher education in my experience has paid lip service to until probably the last four to five years when all of a sudden everyone says, oh, retention getting students to graduation, graduating with minimal debt is a big deal because all of a sudden we started, there was a lot of attention, negative attention on it. And so you're right. This is becoming an increasingly important issue with accreditation, but it's just right. It's, it's just what we do. We're educators. We, you know, this is what we want to do. We want to help students graduate with minimal debt and to open many doors for themselves in the future. And that is definitely this episode's mic drop moment. Uh, Chris, that's when you throw down the mic and you walk away, except you really don't do that because i got two more questions for you. But that, okay. that, it's powerful what you said. The final two questions we ask every guest here at the Edip Experience are the following. Number one, what have we not covered about OThought that you were hoping you would be able to talk about today and I just didn't ask yeah. you? So your chance to pop in with whatever you want to talk about. And well, secondly, as the, uh, well, let yo, me ask ahead. you the, okay. the second okay. part because you, yeah. you can tie them together if you want. What is the future of higher education going to look like? Yep. So I'm going to make first talk about uh, OThought. And as the director of partner relations, one of the things that I'm most proud of that I, I along with my colleagues at OThought, we, we really have totally revamped how we engage. So when a, when a school does partner with us, and, and we don't use the partner word just, just to throw it in there. We truly view that we are a partner. First of all, we're not a cookie cutter solution because that drove me crazy in 20 years uh, in higher education as these, these companies selling the same thing that says, Here's yeah. you this is what I'm giving you. Now you have to make it work. We don't do that. We understand their goals, their market, their situation, and then help them understand and interpret their data to make a difference in their enrollment from first contact through, through graduation and, and beyond for, for institutions. Uh, so I'm very proud of that. That's something that, that we've worked along and it's, we're getting nearly 100% uh, uh, schools that have used us, uh, staying with us and often expanding their services with us. The future of higher education is, this is what I think. First of all, higher education is risk averse. They're follow the leader uh, industry. That has been my experience and I don't think anyone would ever argue with me. Unless we really have bold leadership out there and I always call program development, academic program development is the hidden 
key to uh, enrollment management, enrolling and keeping and graduating students. But unless we really understand what students want and what they need and how we best deliver it, online, in-person, combination, whatever it is, we're gonna continue to beat our heads over the wall. I mean, in the state of Michigan, we have 15 public institutions. How many uh, English programs do you think we have uh, that offer an English degree, Joe? Oh boy, I don't know. Oh, yeah, wow. boy, that was a tough one. I, you know, I threw you a. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't even know where 15, to start. I, I knew you knew the answer, but again, we have all this duplication and no one really understanding going out there and taking bold changes into program development and et cetera. And again, schools are going to have to get out of this doing the same thing everyone else is doing, or I'll do that when that school does that because I'm going to follow the leader. We really need bold leadership. And unfortunately, my experience is that's a rare, uh, a rare thing in higher education to really have bold leadership out there that's going to say this is we're in a problem. We, we have a challenge. And the challenge is now, truly now, as you, you and I have talked about. Well, that's incredible, my friend. And uh, I thank you so much for coming on the Edip Experience today and dropping knowledge on the audience. Uh, I know they're going to hit your website and check out what you have going on. Uh, thank you so much. Well, I, I just need to tell you my song, and you know, I should come oh, up. Let's hear it. Is Dancing in the Moonlight by King Harvest, because there's a line in there that says, you can't dance and stay up tight. And that truly is my uh, motto. I love that. Uh, Joe, you can't dance and stay up tight. So everyone out there through all of this, I hope they're dancing and uh, loosening it up a little bit. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to come and discuss. It's been a lot of fun. If you want to get in a, a cool discussion with Chris, throw that in the subject line of the email you send to him. Uh, and uh, you guys will will hit it off. For sure. Hit it off. Uh, this, this has been another episode of the Edip Experience with your guest today, Chris Lucier, Director of Partner Relations at OTHOT. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've been ed upped. If you say someone should do something about climate change, you're right. If you say I should do something about climate change, we should talk. We're Claremont Lincoln University, and we've created a dynamic new online Master in Public Administration program in partnership with the Lincoln Institute of Land Policy. This is an MPA designed to give future changemakers the tools needed to take on the issues in today's world. And because there's no time like the present to support our future leaders, the Lincoln Institute is giving $100,000 in fellowships. You could get a $10,000 fellowship towards your MPA. Apply now for the June cohort, www.claremontlincoln.edu.